We talk about there being a physical world, the universe, and we talk about an afterlife. But nobody thinks of the afterlife as tucked away in a corner of the universe. It's got to exist in some other dimension, the spiritual world. But if we die and go from one world to the other, the two must interface with each other. How do they do that? Easy. Correspondences. What? It doesn't roll off the tongue, but that's the term that we're using for it. And the science of correspondences is built into the design of the entire created universe. The spiritual and the physical. There are some basic laws of this system. One, we exist from heaven. Everything in the physical world has its cause in the spiritual world. And two, we can't exist without this connection. We think love and wisdom are pretty important concepts in the world, but they are actually spiritual substances and the very life stuff of our consciousness. We may say there is a spirit in the body. Correspondences are the way the spirit is knitted to the body. But not just the body, it's the spiritual basis of all physical world phenomena. Okay, if this is getting a bit too heady, think about language. The sound tree is a word, but you know that this object is what I mean when I say it. Here's the jump. The actual objects and substances in the material world are the language or words of spiritual things. This means that there is spiritual wisdom packed into everything in the universe. But it's not just symbolism, it's an essential life-giving connection. Also in language, I can say one thing and mean another. Yeah, I'm fine. You know I don't mean it. I've said some words, but what I'm really thinking and feeling doesn't match those words. Likewise, in the science of correspondences, a physical thing can represent a spiritual thing, but the two may not correspond. The connection is broken when we take something that should do good, like a human hand, and use it to cause harm. Swedenborg wrote that the science of correspondences would be a starting place for understanding spiritual things. We've advanced and continue to advance in the physical world sciences, and we can take what we understand from science and can explore the spiritual wisdom hidden in it. The knowledge of correspondences used to be known by people all over the world, but it's been lost. And actually, the one place where it still remains intact is in the text of the Bible. But don't worry, because the more we align ourselves with love, the more heaven opens within us. And so we'll come into a greater awareness of these correspondences. In the meantime, the Bible serves as this essential connector between heaven and the world while we get our act together. For more on the nature of correspondences in the Bible, see our show, What the Bible Is. But to explore in detail our essential connection to heaven, how correspondences function to maintain that connection, and the role love plays in opening our consciousness to this connection, stick around. Our connection to heaven is essential. You might think, heaven's way up there, they're the cool kids, they're not really concerned about what we're doing around here. Actually, everything in heaven and everything on earth are incredibly interdependent. They have to have each other. In, there's interdependence everywhere. All the layers of the spiritual world, yes, there are striations or levels of heaven, they depend on each other. They've got to have each other. And collectively, they all depend on us. Yeah, that's right. Us here on earth, we're essential to the functioning of heaven, but we also depend on heaven. We have to have heaven in order to exist here. So this connection is everywhere. It's, we're all saturated with this connection. It's so thorough and complete that everything in this world that we see around us arises from spiritual life flowing into it 
in the spiritual world. You could just call it life, that life is actually a spiritual phenomenon. So how does this happen? It's through the phenomenon of correspondences. They're what let this inflow from a higher to a lower world take place. This is what Swedenborg had to say about it. No one has yet known that these correspondences exist. Did you know? Okay, well, if you did, still, nobody knew this. So I realized that when people hear it, they will wonder because they do not know what the inner self or the outer self is and that the inner self is in the spiritual world and the outer self in the physical world. And yeah, by the way, I was talking about layers of heaven. There's layers of you too. Or that the inner is what lives in the outer, exerts an influence on it and controls it. This is your consciousness walking your body around. A physical object is simply a representation. Okay, here we go. A representation of the spiritual forces creating and sustaining it. And what it corresponds to is what it represents. That is a great way to say it for, for somebody like me who's been trying to figure out what he's talking about for so long. A physical object is just a representation of these spiritual forces. So our life actually depends on this thing called correspondences that we didn't know about before, but it's what allows us to live. And it's not just us. It's the case for the entire created universe. This is Secrets of Heaven. Again, there is nothing anywhere in the created world that does not correspond to things in the spiritual world. It's not that there's some connection or this thing is spiritual and this thing isn't. It is all the outer shell of the spirit. And as a result, therefore, in its way, represents something in the Lord's kingdom. In its way. It is from the spiritual world that everything comes into being and remains in being. A perpetual creation, Swedenborg called it. So there is a soul in everything and and that soul needs its outer expression. So everything you've ever interacted with has a spiritual component to it. You do and keeping that in mind we can know more about our own selves and the way that life runs. The basis and function of correspondences when properly aligned is designed to allow for open communication between the physical world and spiritual world. Swedenborg writes, we have been created in such a way that while we are living among others in this world, we could also be living among angels in heaven and they could be living among us. In this way, heaven and the world would coexist and work together in us. We would know what was happening in heaven and angels would know what was happening in the world. And when we died, we would cross over from the Lord's kingdom on earth into the Lord's kingdom in the heavens. This would not be like passing from one kingdom into another, but like passing into the same one we already inhabited during our physical lives. So our interdependence with heaven actually has the capacity to be a conscious one via correspondences. The correspondence connection. So yeah, even though we spent the first section trying to explain it, you still may be feeling like, what exactly is a correspondence? The easiest way you can get a sense of it is to think about how you express things in your face. Like that was a fake smile. I just did. I didn't do that because I was feeling especially happy. This one's real because I realize how dumb this joke is. Do you see the difference? There's a correspondence. I'm feeling something and it shows up in a physical thing. So these two things can correspond and when they do, when they match, the natural world thing represents the spiritual cause. When our facial features act in unison with our mental processes, they are said to correspond and are correspondences. Our actual facial expressions represent mental activity, 
and our representations. The case is the same with the effects of bodily movement and also with any action the muscles produce. Everyone recognizes that our thoughts and intentions determine them. The movements and actions of the body represent those of the mind and are representations. If they harmonize, they are correspondences. So did you catch that? He gives a pretty interesting definition. Here's another way that he puts it. Different aspects of the inner self express themselves in the outer self. The visible expression in the outer self represents something of the inner self. And if they match, it's a correspondence. So you have the natural level representing the spiritual level. Physical objects are this uh, effect from the spiritual cause. And when they agree, they correspond. But they could disagree. Uh, one thing could represent another thing. It's still the sort of shell for the spiritual energy, but it doesn't correspond to the thing that it's representing. It could be in disharmony or misalignment, and we'll get to what that can lead to in the next section. But for now, just remember and take in this idea that everything in the universe has this connection with the spiritual world, either as a correspondence, an aligned connection, or a representation where they're connected, but just not quite, you know, the chiropractor hasn't chiropracted them right into alignment. Everything has that. It, even inanimate stuff, rocks and plastic, I would assume. But Swedenborg goes into some cool detail about plants that I want to show you a little bit of here. With angels, I have discussed representations and the fact that nothing in the plant kingdom on earth fails to represent the Lord's kingdom in some way. They have said that every pretty and attractive specimen of the plant kingdom comes from the Lord by way of heaven. And since the Lord's heavenly and spiritual forces act on the physical world, they actually take a visible form. Don't people say, thanks God for making flowers. This is how God makes flowers. That is where the soul or life of plants come from. That's good party trivia. And it is the reason they represent something. As this is unknown in the world, it is called a heavenly secret. Title drop for the book. So next time you're walking by that dandelion and you think, oh, should I pick it or not? I don't know, but just know it's got the spiritual world inside it. One of the places we can clearly see correspondence in action is in the way we talk. If we talk about someone having a good head on their shoulders, we mean that they're wise and full of integrity. Someone whose head and shoulders above the rest means they have exemplary wisdom or capabilities or good qualities. Someone who is perceptive or intuitive is said to have a nose for something or to be able to sniff things out. And somebody who's a careful or thoughtful observer is said to be sharp-sighted. We talk about the long arm of the law, which means that the law has power. And we have lots of phrases involving our heart. We talk about soft-hearted people or hard-hearted people, indicating something about the quality of their love. We talk about someone with a heart of gold, meaning that they come from good and loving motivations. So Swedenborg says that these figures of speech actually come out of correspondence and that they have their origin in the spiritual world. Correcting the correspondence connection. How's that for some alliteration? 
So we have these correspondences that connect the two worlds. Right? But we don't have the cool stuff, like that open communication that Chelsea was talking about earlier. So what happened? This is from Secrets of Heaven. The people of the earliest church saw something spiritual and heavenly in every detail of nature, so much that for them, physical objects merely served as springboards for thought about spiritual and heavenly subjects. Wouldn't that be great? In consequence, they could talk with angels and be present with them in the Lord's kingdom in the heavens and at the same time in the Lord's kingdom on earth, which is the church. Oh, so there's a mechanism. It's not just you guys aren't good enough to talk to angels. There's a code. There's a way of being that lets you talk to them. For them, then, earthly objects were connected with spiritual realities and fully corresponded to them. They could see the spiritual thing behind the physical manifestation. The situation changed after those days, however, when evil and falsity started to take over, or when the age of iron took up where the golden age had ended. Then, because there was no longer any correspondence, heaven was closed. So we as a human race were out of alignment. So much so that people hardly even wanted to know about the existence of a spiritual realm, or eventually even of heaven and hell, or a life after death. And so now we're all stuck here with all these springboards around, these physical objects, the beauty of nature, it's still there. We just don't know how to jump off of it and open up that connection. When we lost our knowledge of correspondences because we got bored with heaven and we turned away to play with something else, actually we were in danger of losing something really, really vital. As it turns out, we actually need to be connected to heaven in order to even stay physically alive. So how are we going to solve that under this new normal? Well, God has always had a solution, but that solution might surprise you. It's called the Bible. What? That dusty old Bronze Age book, really? Yes, that book was created to be a bridge, a placeholder, in order to connect us with heaven. And Swedenborg talks in Heaven and Hell 306 about how exactly that worked. Once all knowledge of correspondences and representations had been lost, then a word was written in which all the words and the meanings of the words are correspondences and therefore contain that spiritual or inner meaning in which angels are engaged. So when we read the word and grasp it in its literal or outward meaning, angels grasp it in its inner or spiritual meaning. In fact, all the thought of angels is spiritual while ours is natural. These two kinds of thought do seem different, but they are one because they correspond. This doesn't mean, though, that everyone has to read it. I mean, everyone doesn't read it. But it still works, because as long as there are some people here who are reading it, angels are able to connect with that, and that preserves that connection with heaven that is vital. And when I say vital, you can't really exaggerate how important this is. If that connection were broken, the entire human race would perish and cease to exist. So for us, how do we make our representations more correspondences with heavenly things? How do we straighten that out? We've got to do work on ourselves. This is from Secrets of Heaven. There is only one life force, which is the Lord's. 
and it flows in and causes us to live. Oh, that's nice, thank you. But both those of us who are good and those of us who are bad, no offense. To this life, the recipients respond and they are quickened by the divine inflow in such a way that they seem to themselves to live on their own. That is the correspondence between life and its recipients, okay? The life and the recipient has the same quality as their character. People who have love and charity are in correspondence because they conform to the inflow and receive life in a fitting way. Because the life coming out of the Lord is love, right? It is love and charity. And if we receive it and want love and charity, we're in alignment. But people who have the opposite of love and charity are not in correspondence because they do not receive life itself fittingly. So the kind of life they seem to have depends on their character. Obviously, they can still exist, but it's not really life. You're not really accepting the gift of life from God. So here's a quick digest of how to make a correspondence in yourself. So the outer self has a lot of stuff in it that can live together or harmonize with what's going on in our inner self. But on the other hand, there's also a lot of things in it that are out of harmony so that the inner self can't handle, I can't, I can put up with some stuff, but I can't put up with that. So think about everything that bubbles up in us out of the sources of what Swedenborg calls self-love and materialism, or love of the world. This superficial ego-based stuff. Anything that's coming out of that, focusing on our own self-ambition and, and dominance over other people and material gratification as the goal, this can't get along with what's going on in the inner self. So when we're operating from those goals, the heavenly impulses that are coming in, remember, from the Lord, uh, that are about loving other people, it's just totally incompatible because those things are looking back to God and saying, like, I'm going to live in the way that's good and true and trying to establish the kingdom of God, which is this peace and order that God wants to bring to the earth. That's their goal. And that's the opposite goal because the self-love and materialism are looking to superficial stuff or, or down to these like corrupt pleasures. And that's all they care about is gratification through that. So love for the Lord and love for the neighbor look upward and inward. And the other ones are looking outward and downward. So because these are opposite directions, they just clash too sharply to ever really coexist. It also shows that the compatible stuff in the outer self comes from the inner self. Or, I mean, everything comes from the Lord through the inner self. Like you can have a face that is beaming with love or, or like you think about the innocence in a child's expression or gestures, but these incompatible elements, they aren't coming through from the Lord. They're a twisting of that life and they belong to our corrupting of that when we're following these negative aims and we are demanding this self-governance. So here's what we can do about it. It's actually not that complicated. We just got to remember that whatever we love is what we focus on as our aim. It's our purpose. It's what we're trying to do. So the goals or the aims or the purposes or the intentions, that type of love, when it predominates, that's what shapes our life. Our entire life is made up of what we're trying to do in life. Nobody's life is ever made of anything else. So whenever you're out, to intentionally do something, you just got to say, why am I doing this? What am I doing? Is it ultimately 
to feed some kind of status uh, longing you have or you want to be better than other people or is it senseless gratification, right? Those would be the thin ones to stay away from. Or is it I'm, I'm trying to do something that accomplishes something good. I'm trying to somehow benefit something either through benefiting myself so I can help others or helping others directly, something that helps the greater good. So just if you take a moment when you're in the middle of an intention, get clear, why am I doing this? And then once you have a reason that you feel in integrity with, act from those higher intentions. You just did it. You just corresponded. It's time for the wrap up. In this show, we covered three main things that you can take with you in your pocket. First of all, our connection to heaven through correspondences is absolutely essential for us to exist. We just keep that in mind. Second, when what is inner acts in unison with what is outer, like the smile, then a true correspondence exists. And third, if we put the spiritual work in on ourselves, we can bring things that are out of correspondence back into correspondence. And it may still seem a little bit like correspondence is obscure stuff, but it wasn't always that way. This is from sacred scripture. Absolutely everything in the physical world corresponds to something spiritual, as does absolutely everything in the human body. So it was, it's happening in everything we interact with. However, the nature of this correspondence has been unknown until the present time, even though it was common knowledge in ancient times. Oh, it's not just Swedenborg knows about this. We used to all know about this. For the people who lived in ancient times, the knowledge of how things correspond to each other was the very essence of knowledge. It was downtown learning, was you got to learn your correspondences, even more than the multiplication tables and, you know, long division. This, <laughs> what century am I from? This knowledge was so universal that it governed the writing of all their scrolls and books. So it was worth knowing then, it's worth knowing now. Correspondences are your friend. They are cool. They are, they exist, they're real, they're in everything, and we can make ourselves more and more in correspondence with the things from heaven. And it's not that hard. We just got to examine our intentions and we got to be a little choosy and act on those that align with heaven and the Lord. And then we can be this real representation, this correspondence, this living outer example of what lies deep within. Off the Left Eye is Curtis Childs, director, producer, and host. Karen Childs, writer, community manager, and host. Chelsea Odner, writer, production manager, and host. And Jonathan Rose, host and series editor of the NCE. Shada Sullivan is the voice you love in our narrations. Stuart Farmer is our technical director. Matthew Childs, our video art director. Our motion designers are Meng Jong and Jesse Johnson. Reed McArdle made our music. Devin Osblond is our production intern. Cara Dom is our Latin consultant extraordinaire, and Chris Dunn is our digital marketing magician. And you are our much-loved listener. And now you can journey with us all week. Every Monday's Swedenborg and Life episode, including this one, has a week's worth of content lined up to support you in your exploration of these life-changing ideas. All video content premieres at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time, and 7 p.m. Greenwich Mean time on the Off the Left Eye YouTube, Facebook, and Simplecast channels. On Tuesdays, find us on social media or go to offthelefteye.com to get custom downloadable art paired with the week's topic to ground you through the week. 
On Wednesdays, join us to dig a little deeper into the week's topic with news from heaven. On Thursdays, we want to hear from you. We'll be sharing a new reflection question weekly on our community tab and social media channels. Then join us for Swedenborg Live on Fridays for our panel Q&A show. And listen every Sunday to the Inside Off the Left Eye podcast to always know what we're up to and what you can look forward to. If you want to help sustain Off the Left Eye's operations, consider becoming a monthly donor today. And right now, we have a matching gift challenge from a very generous donor couple where dollar for dollar up to $10,000 will be matched when you make a new or increased monthly donation. You can provide a direct gift or restrict it to our new Off the Left Eye endowment fund. Giving to the endowment fund is a great way to guarantee that your gifts live on to help Off the Left Eye forever. Go to otle.cosvox.com to become part of our essential community of donors. From all of us here at Off the Left Eye, we thank you.